Hello, good people. Welcome to the Chris Stefanik Show, the show that helps you find the joy that God made you for in the midst of everyday life. Don't miss us every week as we dive into real issues with real people and answer real questions. God bless you. My brothers and sisters, I love you. Thanks for being with us right now. I am so excited by tonight's guest. You know him as uh, the author of The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, The Advantage, The Motive, one of the most popular business authors and gurus uh, in the business world. Uh, I know him as one of my very best friends, my dear friend, Pat Lencioni. We're going to be talking about his, his uh, journey in faith and his new book, the, the Six Types of Working Genius, which I am so geeking out about. It's literally... Not many books have like have really had a major impact on my life, especially things like in the business world. But this one, whoa! And y your excitement about it excites me and my whole team. Yeah, like we've been talking about it for a year and a half. So, <laughs> so it's, awesome. I can't wait to talk about it. So, today. dude, thanks for being with us. So we're here for you guys, as always. Feel free to interrupt our conversations. I have things I want to talk about, questions I'm going to get through. You could text your questions to seven two zero six five zero zero one zero zero. That's seven two zero six five zero. 0100. We will allow you to interrupt our conversation and just we'll just ask your question. I asked a live question once on this show. Did you really? Yeah, you told me about it. You go, I'm going to tape. And I sent a question and you answered it. Do you know what? I knew that was you. Yes, that's I right. literally I didn't sensed, put my name on it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, that's totally a pat question. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, man. I love you too. It's Thanks great to, to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm really here. glad you're here. Yeah. I, I just, it's, you know, I don't care if there's any cameras, frankly, I just enjoy I know, talking to I you. I know, I uh, know. And we don't get quite enough time to sit down and just chill. And something I love, before we dive into the, the new book and The Working Genius, and it's transforming power and how people can use it, frankly, in their, in their home life, not just in their business. If you, if you don't have a business, this totally applies to you. My whole family's done The Working Genius, and we're all geeked out, and it's so fun. My wife and I, our marriage has changed after almost 30 years. We discovered this two years ago and breakthroughs in it's our so marriage. Cool. It's so cool, man. Yeah. All right. Before we go there, though, I want you to share your faith story. And I love starting this way. Um, because I, I know you, before knowing you as a, as a business guru, I know you as a man of, and by business guru, guys, like if, if you're CEO of Southwest Airlines or Pinterest, you're going to Pat for advice. Okay, so that's when I say business guru, I don't mean like, you know. Those are both clients, yeah, actually. <laughs> those are both actual clients of Pat. You never, small, small little companies, mom and pops, you never heard of them. Um, but, but before knowing you and honoring you in that way and, you, and your, your genius in that way, um, your faith, brother, like you're a brother in faith. And I've seen the amount that you've poured yourself into the church, into apostolates like mine at Real Life Catholic, uh, starting the amazing parish, and I'm looking at this thinking, okay, this is a guy, like looking from the outside, like Pat's time is worth a lot. And you spend probably, how, what percent of your time now are you dumping into ministries? Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, a, it's a horrible business move. It dude. fluctuates between 20 and 50, you know what okay, I mean? Okay, yeah, yeah. No, praise God for that. Oh, praise well, him so, for sure. So some people would look at you from the outside and don't have faith and say, what's wrong with you? So let me ask your conversion story by, by asking, what's wrong with you, Pat? Now, what happened? Well, you know, I grew up as a Catholic, yeah. and thank God for my parents giving that to me. But, but you know, it was, I, I didn't know how to experience my faith completely. Mm -hmm. But I was always there, and then I became a business person, and because of wounds and the desire to achieve, I wrote my first book, and then I, I started my own firm, and then I, and I became a best-selling author. And became a business person. What, was, what did that entry into business person 
mean for you? What, did, did you go straight into coaching? I, I graduated from college and knew I needed to make money because work was the most important thing in life. Mm. I came from a pretty poor family and no college education in my parents. And so I said, I have to do well. So I got a job as a management consultant, which was really quantitative okay. stuff in an office. And, but it was a really prestigious job and I hated it. Okay. But I worked there. So this is the meaning of life. Faith's not in the meaning of life to you. You said because your wounds you wrote a book. Can you spell that out a little more for well, me? Well, because of my wounds, I worked hard and had to succeed. Mm. And, and then I got in the business world and I, I started noticing things and, and, and making, and I said, boy, I really wanna, I wanna change the world of work. Mm. Because work, it was all broken. My dad was unhappy when he was younger, kind of about his jobs. And so I said, I wanna do that. But my faith was, you know, God was there, of course, but I, I was still so wounded that I just mm. wanted to be successful. Mm. I wanted to make a difference. You know, that, yeah. I hate that song yeah. at church. Go make a difference. You, I, they sang it yesterday at church, and my son and I were like, Steve oh. Angersano, I love that song. I don't care if Pat's. Do you that. really? Yeah, actually, I, well, oh, I love you, the guy who wrote it, too. Uh, oh, I don't know who that was. <laughs> anyway, anyway. He's going to send a question in later. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but I, I wanted to make a difference because I was broken, and I wanted to be successful, and I wanted to redeem myself and all this other stuff. You wanna, and, you, it's like, hey, I matter, right? Exactly. There's, there's that woundedness that... Uh, what, what percent, you work with a lot of successful people, like what percentage of their of successful, like, whoa, top 50 entrepreneurs in America are driven by fundamental wounds that got them that successful? I would say roughly 100. About all of them. Yeah, and, and I, I work with these CEOs, these really rich people and, and successful people, and I've met athletes and coaches and, and famous people, and they're, and they're not that happy. And so I became a best-selling author, I had 10 books, and, wow. and I, I, I would go places and be, treated really well, and, and I had a, a wonderful wife, Laura, she's fantastic, mm. and my children, and I, and I was making more money and all this stuff, and I was like, I'm not happy. Mm. I'm not content, I'm not peaceful. Mm. And I remember I met Mike Singletary, who was a player for the Chicago Bears, and, and a, the coach of the 49ers and stuff, and they asked him once, why do you wear a cross? Because he wore a cross, he goes, oh, because when our team won the Super Bowl, I decided to start wearing a cross. They said, because you were grateful? He goes, no, because I was so empty, I realized, if, oh, if winning buddy. the Super Bowl doesn't make me happy, then I'm missing something. And I won the Super Bowl of life. You know, I had these books and I was well known and successful and had everything. And I was like, I just why? got chills when you, all over me. I that. was empty. Yeah. And I said, God, I was at church one day and I said, God, I want to be successful in, in your eyes. I want to live for you. And it was this parable of the sower, mm. like the, the seed that fell on the path, it didn't grow. The seed that fell next to the path, didn't grow. The seed that fell among the thorns, it grew up, got choked off by the cares of the world. And I was like, that's me the cares of the world. Well, I made it to level three. Yeah. But level four is where I need to be, where I grow and produce a hundredfold. Wow. And I was like, God, I'm not there. Please, please get me there. And he said, do you know what that's gonna take? I felt him say that. He said, it's gonna, you're gonna suffer. And I was like, where else can I go? And so I entered a dark night of the soul where he stripped away all of my joy. He How? didn't. How did that happen? You know, he didn't allow me to cheat on my wife or take drugs or, or drink or, or gamble. He, but he said, I'm going to strip you down to where nothing that you've valued in your life to this point will have any impact. And I was absolutely devastated and oh. I didn't know why. And it was in that moment that I was completely dependent on him. Oh. And it was the most awful, painful, wonderful, important thing I could ever go through. And that must've been about uh, 12 years ago. I remember you sharing an experience where you had spoken before a crowd that included past presidents of the United States. 
and yeah. was fa- in that was it that moment that was like the the lowest this preceded it yeah I, so i was at radio city music hall yeah. speaking at this conference with presidents and all these famous yeah. people and i and they were i, I got really high mark you know they were applauding me and i walked off stage and there's a little door that goes right outside so mm. i i walked off stage and just walked right out onto the street and stumbled down to saint patrick's cathedral and got on my knees and cried and said okay god i have nothing this, this isn't doing it for me. Uh, a group of people being famous, being well-known, being successful. And, and God was like, I know, that's never going to satisfy you. There are those who hit rock bottom because they mess up and they find themselves at the bottom in the darkness. And then there are those who go to the top and look down and see the same darkness. Right? That was and me. that was you. Because you got, you got it all. It's like, it's not enough. Right. They're, I'm made for something more. And I love, I love how you said you didn't go into all these other, other things that can medicate that emptiness, right? That emptiness from, from our human condition, from our childhood wounds. I love, uh, there's a, a line in, in, in Matrix where uh, Morpheus says to Nero, you know, welcome to the desert of the real. Yeah. You know, there, there's like oh. all the garbage stripped away, but there's, there's pain, but it's real. I could go into a virtual world instead and spend my life, but no, let's go into the real. Yeah. Uh, so praise God, you pushed through and didn't keep medicating uh, with more and more achievement. Achievement. That was as my medication. The fulfillment. Wow. Worldly achievement. Uh, so, so how do you rebuild when you find yourself there and realize, that this, okay, this isn't enough? How did you rebuild? You know, you 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 realize that the only peace that there is is through Jesus, mm. and you stay stay close to Him. I was at Mass today, and yeah. I was saying that Jesus, let me stay close to you. It was literally an experience of prayer that, that from that moment that rebuilt you. Absolutely. And, and what happens is then he, you start to feel better, and the evil one goes, see, now you're feeling better. You can indulge in that other stuff. Because <laughs> people would say to me, Pat, it must be great to be well-known and successful. And, and it, it'd be like, no, not without God. And if I had none of that but I had God, it's... I would be the luckiest man in the world. If I have all of that and not God, mm. I am empty. Wow. Okay. So we've got a question that came in. What's the right level of the drive to succeed without taking it too far? Let me ask this in another way too. When you, when, when the, when the motives of, okay, there's nothing else in life, therefore I must succeed. Um, I have to measure up to my dad, for instance, right? Like maybe some kind of family dynamic. So therefore I have to succeed. Uh, when that's removed, yet you still, you're still a successful dude. Yes. And, uh, right? and that's the problem. <laughs> and I was just praying this morning about this. Yeah. I have to give that to Jesus every day. So it's an ongoing temptation oh, yeah. to keep losing yourself in achievement and the addiction of achievement. It's always there. Mm. I'm an, everyone's addicted. We're yeah. all addicts. Yeah. My addiction was to success and achievement. And people, well, that's a good one. It's like, yeah. oh no, addiction to anything takes you away from Jesus. Mm. And so every day I have to, because people go, well, you're really successful. And I will say to them, yeah, praise God. He's using me. He gave me gifts. Yeah. And I get to use it. Well, yeah, I'm glad you give thanks to God. But they'll say this. It's like the devil's right behind him going, but come on, some of it's you. Yeah. Just take a little bit of it. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? They do that all the time. And they, they're, they're like, I know, Pat, but can't you receive some yeah. of it? And it's like, oh, no, I'm receiving it and giving it right to him because it's all his. Well, that was Moses' big sin. The reason he didn't get to the promised land where the people were thirsty. He's like, do you want me to give you water? He takes the staff. He's like, I'll do it. And the Lord's like, no, dummy. That was always me. Right. It was, it was me gifting you. And that's not where you get your dignity from. I love, I love in the gospel that Jesus tells, tells his apostles, you know, go and drive out demons. But don't, don't rejoice that you can, you know, drink poison and not die. Rejoice that, you're, that your name is written in heaven. Right. That you're a child of the Father. 
And the, yeah. the, this whole idea of, and I love the question is, you can't serve both God and mammon. Mm. And what that means is you can't keep any of that pride. <laughs> Pat, when, when you, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. And, and that's not some, yeah. some like overly masochistic or, you know, it's like, no, 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 no. If you're keeping any of it for yourself, mm. it's not honoring him. Pat, when you find yourself in, in deep peace, right? When it's like, okay, I'm beloved of my father. I don't need to write another book to, to matter. Uh, is it demotivating? Does an inner phlegmatic come out of Pat Lencioni? Well, the, there, this is a problem. And that's the question I think was getting at. Too. Right, it's right. Like, so what's your motivation? Right, the motive. And the motivation needs to be God gave me gifts. Yeah. I'm supposed to use them. And I'm using the right ones if it gives me joy to mm. use them. Mm. But if I'm doing it because I want the external secondary benefit from it. Yeah. I want to be famous. Mm. And hey, there were times where I'd be writing my book thinking, man, if this book goes well, somebody, the good news is it takes eight months after I finish writing before anybody reads it. Yeah. So I never get that immediate. Right. It was usually the speaking. And you know this. Oh, uh, dude. You dude. say something funny and it's given to God and they, they clap yeah. and they laugh and there's that inner wound that goes, take that for yourself. Mm. They like you. Yeah. And you're important to them and you're like, no, 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 no. Mm. Mm. I mean, I can't imagine being a professional athlete or a rock star, or there's a reason why those celebrities, no, yeah. you know, and it's because it's, it's worth nothing. Yeah. Nothing. I, right. And, I, I, and the, same, the same temptations of ministry. We share, me and Pat have, have a, uh, hold each other accountable to being healthy human beings with a lot of this stuff. But there's, uh, I've shared with Pat, like there was a lot of motives to succeed in ministry that I thought were purely holy. And then the Lord, when, when COVID came, it was like, you're not speaking live and getting that instant gratification hit every week of, of seeing like, you making this impact. And then it was like, oh. the fact that I needed it to feel normal is like, whoa, what kind of emotional burden am I bearing? Right. See, the thing is, I, I think some of these false motives mix with good. And then by the time you're in your mid forties, they just get exhausting. Oh man. Right. right. And then the Lord's like, let me just take that away from you so you can have a freeing motive for your whole life. Uh, I got a great question. Who can you point to who has succeeded well? So, uh, you know, if, when you say 100% of these, these, these entrepreneurs uh, it, are driven largely by wounds, I'm thinking, like, if you took that away, would they just all stop? Uh, I've thought of this with Jimi Hendrix. If he wasn't doing LSD, would he have written uh, half the songs he wrote? Would they have well, sounded as cool? Well, the, you know? the writing the songs and doing the LSD were the same thing. For him, yeah. And so who has succeeded well? Yeah. I can tell you, a lot of people, and they're not famous. Mm. Fame is a curse or a difficulty, a, a real, a real a challenge. Okay. The saints did. Here's the thing about most of the saints. We look at them now and go, I want to be a saint. Most of them, maybe all of them, died before anybody was mm. <laughs> knew that they were saints. We tend to think like, yeah, and there was Peter being carried off. And the, we, we, we think of some movie where there's thousands of people going, yeah, Peter. Wow. He was being carried off. Yeah. When Paul was going to be beheaded and all those other things, nobody was going like, yeah, but we look at the movie mm. and the music is playing and we're thinking, that's so great. They were alone. Yeah. Ugh. So very few people achieve worldly success well. You know, I think of the Carthusians, super contemplative hermit, like monks, they don't mark their graves in case there's miracles from their bodies and from their grave sites. So they know in, the, in this life, they give up any hope of even being canonized in the next life. That's hardcore, man. Yes. That is awesome. Someone asked a question in business, how do you work through failure and calamity? Uh, I, I, I would think, right, if you're not overly attached to your success, then failure's okay too, right? That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Failure is, is, is disastrous when you're 
ego and your identity is tied to success. And I've been there. <laughs> yeah. I think you're less likely to succeed. Yeah. Because you're not taking risks. Right. You're having fun. And um, it's, it's such yeah. an interesting, isn't it an interesting dynamic? It's like, mm -hmm. give it away and God will bless you, but not with the worldliness. Yeah. But with the, the and this is the working genius thing that we've been talking about. Yes. Okay, I, I want to I pivot to working genius. I want to tell you. And then there's story. other questions coming in about work in general, but I, we got to pivot to working genius because it's so stinking cool. And this, the, I, I, a great pivot to this too, so many of my wounds made me think I had to fit certain ideals in work. Working genius freed me of that. Sorry, what were you saying? I don't want to cut you off. Well, the, so working, two years ago, I was at yeah. work. COVID had just happened. We, we decided to go back to work earlier than the rest, small company. Yeah. And in working with a bunch of priests that I do and, and another organization, The Amazing Parish, one of my favorite, I mean, they're, they're my people. Look up Amazing Parish. Yeah, amazingparish.org. But I uh, came up with this model by accident just to satisfy, like somebody said, why are you like that? Because sometimes I would get grumpy at work and I'd be happy at work. And like, why are you like that? I go, I don't know. Were they asking in an insulting way? No, no, no. Like, Pat, why did you, you just went from one activity where you were really excited into another one and you seemed really frustrated. Mm -hmm. And now you're doing this other one and you're excited. What's wrong? And wow. I was like, I don't know but let's figure it out. And four hours later, I had a whiteboard with all these circles on it. It was the working genius model. And you know something, Chris? And this is what I want to say. I don't remember how it came about. <laughs> I honestly don't. And that's and the beauty was, because it's the biggest thing I've ever done in my professional career. <laughs> is it literally? Oh, absolutely. It's going to be way the, bigger. This, this outweighs five dysfunction of a team? Yeah. And, <laughs> and yet crazy. I don't really remember coming up with it. And it was, it was that moment I was like, oh God, you, you're using me as a vessel. And people's Dude. lives are changing. My life is changing. Yours, you know, oh, yeah. through doing this. Yeah. And I don't even remember the that four hours. I kind of black. I mean, I know that sounds like no. I it's incredible, out. man. And I was like, wait, what happened during that time? And God was like, yeah, dude, if you believe in me, then you know I was using you to come up with something that was going to help other people understand yeah. the gifts I gave them. <laughs> and I get to go, yeah, this was not me. I I think you. I mean, and you've been doing. I mean it. that. No, seriously, it's it's, it's amazing. You've been doing it forever too. Like it's an act of grace, but it's also like the 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 Lord used what's in you and just like here's the thing. Let me help you out here, because it, it, one reason you could jump into a mess in a company and figure out how to deal with everybody is like you you've kind of been discerning this for a long time. So yes. right. So sum up what the working genius is. So working, it, it, we are all born with God given talents when it comes to like very specific kinds of work. Mm -hmm. And if we don't know what those are, how can we serve God and be good stewards of that? Yeah. The other thing is God intends us to use the gifts he gave us. But sometimes in life we think I'm supposed to get, use the gifts he didn't give me because, mm -hmm. because that's like, I need to sacrifice and do that. So like I grew up with- I'm just toughen up, just offer right. it up, just do stuff you hate. I have the gift of invention, coming up with new ideas and discernment, evaluating ideas and things. When I'm doing those, I am fed and I, am, and, and I, can, give, I can do serve God that way and that's how I serve others. Mm. I don't have the gift of tenacity, you and I don't. That's yep. one of the gifts. That's like finishing things and wrestling things to the ground and being yep. precise. Yeah. And I also don't have the gift of enablement, which is like when somebody says, I need your help. The piano teacher. The piano teacher. I'll Same. sit by you. I'll and sit just... next to you and do that. Yep. And I used to feel bad about that. And in my life for years, I thought I was supposed to be doing the things I was bad at. Because mm. if it was pleasurable, then it was selfish. Wow. See, I had, I had certain wounds that this healed of, you know, of not measuring up in certain ways and and so as, as a guy who has a small company at Real Life Catholic, it's, it's a nonprofit oh. small company, I, all these lies of like, well, 
as a boss, I should, I should have this gift of tenacity. I should love sitting in front of a spreadsheet. You know, and like, dude, that my eyes glaze over, I get a twitch. I'm just I, lazy. Yeah, I'm just not a responsible administrator. Or if I'm dreaming too much, oh, it's just crispy, out of control, you know? I start gaslighting myself. And then frankly, surrounding myself with people who sometimes would, you know, just feed into what I'm already doing to myself. That's the devil. That's oh, crazy. You know, priests use this, and they, they go, I'm not good at wonder and invention. Those are yours. Yes. Wonder, yeah. Chris is great at like, there's six of these. There's wonder six is the geniuses, one. right? Yeah, and workinggenius.com, go there and you can learn yes. all about it. Dude, you have to go to workinggenius.com. And go we there. priced it at $25 to take the assessment. Dave Ramsey, my friend said, what? You could have charged well, a lot more. Yeah. We want everyone to do it. Yeah. Chris is the genius of wonder. You ask questions, you ponder things. You're like, mm -hmm. why is that the way it is? What about that? And you know, your wife will tell you, oh, you do it all the time. Yep. My wife and you are the same type. <laughs> Every time I, I, she frustrates me, I go, I love you, Laura, because I love Chris too, and you're exactly <laughs> like him. So trust me, when I'm, when I'm telling you you're driving me crazy, I tell him too. <laughs> She's like, well, you do love Chris, so okay. <laughs> so therefore I believe you. <laughs> so you're good at wonder and invention. Yeah. You are a fount of new ideas and new questions. Yeah. God wants you to do that. Mm. But what, what the devil comes along and says, no, you shouldn't be doing that. You should yeah. be doing the stuff you don't like. Yeah. So these priests will call and say, I don't have wonder or invention. So writing a sermon is hard for them. You, mm. you write a sermon in three minutes. Yeah, I, I'll, right, right. It's I, natural. I, I, I gave a friend a wedding toast because it was a last minute request and people were crying. They were like, that's, that's one of the best. You must have really worked hard in that. I'm like, no, I just, I never leave this space. And God gave you yeah. that gift. Now, yeah. If you're a pastor who became a priest to give his life to God, and you're yeah. not good at writing sermons, we've, we've had these pastors say, I felt guilty for 20 years because I'm bad at that. Maybe I shouldn't be a priest. Yeah. He wants to hear confession, and he wants to come alongside someone and just help them in their need in that moment. Yeah. I don't want to be inventive. I just want to pour into them enablement. Mm. And that's a different gift. Yep. Not every priest is meant to be everything. In fact, none of them are everything. Yep. And so every pastor is sitting there going, I can't write good homilies. Another one is like, I'm not good at listening to confession. Another one's like, I'm not good at the budget. Another one's like, I'm not good at inspiring people. It's like, yeah. And all of them living with the lie, especially that, have that wounds they're inadequate. They're through, that they're inadequate, that they have to be good at all these things. They're just being selfish if they spend all their time in homily land or in coaching people land. Or if they need to ask for help from their team, well, it's because they're lacking or they're giving up control if they do that, right? All Absolutely. Lies. When I was a kid, my dad wanted me to help him mow the lawn. Yeah. But he wanted me to be an enabler, which means do whatever he asks, mm. and, a, and a tenacity, which is finish. T those are my two weaknesses. They're called my working mm. frustrations. Mm. I felt guilty for not loving helping my dad. He'd go, help me mow the lawn. I'd be like, oh, I hate this. I'd go out and do it. I'm a terrible son. And two years ago, I wrote, I figured this out, and I was like, oh, that was just not my, <laughs> not my thing. If my dad had said, hey, Pat, I want you to go figure out how to do the lawn, do it your way. <laughs> and, and you decide what flowers to plant and how to do yeah, it, yeah. come up with a new way. I would have yeah. been like, yes! But yeah. he wanted something that just, and if he had known that, he'd have yeah. said, oh, this is painful for you. Yeah. So, so now I'm going to my kids and trying to figure so out. So there's the working geniuses. Yeah. So for me, it's wonder invention. It's uh, how, can, how can this be done differently and then figure it out how. Then there's, uh, I'm also, I'm a widget. D, uh, so D, G, discernment. Are things. Yep. So this is a competency. So there's things that feed you there's the things you're competent at, so they don't, they, you, you can't stay there forever, but discernment and then galvanizing, let's, let's go, and then 
enablement, tenacity, and my frustrations. I like to do it now, like this. If we had three mugs up here, yeah. the first one would be your working genius. That's like a, a, a thermos that you screw on the lid and you put hot coffee in it, it stays hot forever. You keep your energy. When you're doing what's right. in your working genius, W-I-I-D, we're, we have, we're, it's a party. Yeah, Pat, when I came to your office once, very exhausted, Pat gives me a lot of consulting. He, he gives me a discount from what he usually charges Southwest Airlines and Google. I think it's a 100% discount. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I was exhausted. I'm like, I got so much to do. He's like, we're going to do a podcast right now. And by the way, we, got, we have, a, have a new podcast coming out with Pat as my sidekick yeah. half the time. But uh, And it was like, you're going to do a podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to make you do yours. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, dude, there's no way I could fit. I came, I'm telling you, I'm exhausted. No, you're exhausted because you're doing the wrong stuff. Not too much stuff, right? So it keep you, you're staying in your sweet spot, and you got like an infinite supply. Like and we actually, did three episodes, and you were charged up. Yeah, I was like, okay, I'm ready to do whatever now. People think burnout is because you're doing too much work. You're doing the wrong work. You're doing the wrong work. You know yeah. what people in my office would do? They, I would be burned out, and they would take away my fun work to save up my energy for the stuff I hated. Wow. <laughs> and it was just driving me further into the ground. Wow. So the so the the your working genius is the stuff where you get your energy. Yeah. The working competencies are the other two where you're okay at it, but there's no lid on it. So eventually mm. the, the 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 coffee's gonna go cold. That's well said. The working frustration, there's a hole in the bottom of the cup and you pour it in this way. <laughs> yeah. This stuff will kill you. Yeah. Yeah. And my first job out of college, for two years I did the work I hated. Mm. And I said, I'm a fraud and a failure. Do you know mm. how many people in the world think terribly of themselves? Not because they're not good people and not because they don't have skills, but they're doing the wrong thing. It's this unnecessary shame burden. Oh, and I don't around. care if you're 75 years old or mm. if you're just getting into college or you're somewhere in your career. If you're not happy in what you're doing, find out what your geniuses mm. are. God wants you to use the talents he gave you. I, I love how this this is, I've taken a lot of personality tests. Myers-Briggs, they're, they're all good. I like them all. The, the traditional temperaments, you know, sanguine, uh, choleric, choleric, you know. Uh, I used to think I was I was melancholic. Give me a break, <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> but um, this is the one that I think has such an immediate, obvious application to life activities, to work to where we spend eighty percent of our life. Ten minutes after people get they get their report yeah. back, and yeah. they go, "Oh crap!" Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no wonder I failed at that. Oh no wonder I love this. And here's the thing, and guess what? Oh, it's okay that I failed at that. It's okay that I'm lacking and the Lord has made his plan such that I need other people. Yeah. Such that Father X needs a team to help him dream of the homily. And that team, just like the Lord knows he could do everything himself, but he chose to need us to share the joy with us. Well, think about it in a marriage. There's two people. I think that's still the rule, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it depends on what show you're watching. But um, so, and it, so my wife and I have two geniuses. Yeah. Two of them are the same. So mm. of the six, we only have three. Three of them are uncovered. Mm. <laughs> so we're left to go, how are we gonna do the other three? And so we need wow. each other. We actually need other people to help us. And, the, and they have the joy of helping exactly. you. When you accept it for what it is. There's also the, the, that sometimes you're working with people who have opposite geniuses, and you all start getting this tension and kind of judging each other, but this puts language around, no, no, Stay in your lanes and appreciate each other. Exactly. You stink at what he does. He stinks at what you do. And guess what? That's totally fine. In fact, it's wonderful. It's to good. Know we need each other. Yeah, I, we have a thing now where we're not offended anymore. My with my small staff, we're like, you know, this is. I'm sorry, Mary. You're great at, at discerning and tenacity. Please don't come to this meeting because when your eyes glaze over, I'll get 
drained of energy and thinking, oh, you, you know, and, 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 and now she can like, no, no that, that's a WI meeting. I don't want to go. It's like, good, I, I want you to leave work fulfilled today. Right, and she doesn't feel like a failure. In fact, she's being honored for who she is. That's right. Now, it's there are those Catholic, moments. Catholic, frankly. There, totally. There yeah. are those moments we have to do things we don't like. I hate that, but it's like But, yeah. you know, like my son Matthew says, he goes, he goes into the tea cave. He calls it this tenacity cave. He goes, I have wow. an hour worth of cranking to do. It's not my genius, but I'm going to go in there and say, I can tolerate this for an hour, <laughs> but I'm not going to feel guilty about hating it. I'm just gonna get through it and go, yeah. yes! I love it, man. But if you go in there and think, I'm supposed to like this, God didn't mean for you to like right, that. Right, right, or, or when you interact <laughs> with someone and think, why, why aren't you bringing this to the table? What's wrong with you? Nothing wrong with me. I love how Matthew, when we were discerning stuff, he's a D, uh, a, a WD. A, a WD, right? So if we're trying to figure out how to get something done, he's like, <laughs> no, I know if it's a good idea, I have no idea how to do it. Yeah, he'll say to There's me, no Dad, that, that idea won't work. And I'll go, well, what will? And he goes, I don't know, I don't have an eye, <laughs> but you gotta keep trying. That's, that's you, dude. Give me another one, I'll tell that, you if it stinks. It used to annoy me. Yeah. Because I used to, before I understood it, it yeah. he'd, he'd be like, well, you're criticizing my idea. Do you want to have a better one? He goes, no, I'm not the kind of guy who comes up with that, but I am the kind of guy that gives feedback. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you're serving me. I love this, how do you apply this to your kids to build them up? And I think he just hit on it. Oh, praise it's God. It's just accepting them for who they are. Oh, and it's so painful to know that for years I didn't know. Yeah. I did Because it's not like that obvious. I have a son who's a W.E., which means he wonders and supports others. He mm. gets kind of stepped on by his friends. Mm. And we used to be like, why do you let them do that to you? And it's like, oh, that's, that's how God made you. Wow. Now we can say, Michael, it's okay to stand up for yourself, but we know that's not easy for you, and we're not going to beat you up. We're just going to support you. And, and it's weird because it allows us to see him suffering and understand why. Oh, that's awesome. And then come alongside him without judging him. Yeah, when people feel seen, they feel built up. It's, yes. it's a healing experience. Yes. Uh, brother, thank you so much. So workinggenius.com. Yeah, workinggenius.com. Workinggenius.com. Uh, dude, I'm telling you, I want every single person. It is, it's worth the 25 bucks. All right, I want every person who's watching this show to go to workinggenius.com and check that out. Uh, and get the book, The Six Types of Working Genius. Is that, is that on, on Amazon? No, no, yet, that doesn't I... come out till September. You can pre-order it if you want to. Oh, so I have, a, I have an early copy. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. It's great. You'll get it in September. But pre, how do they pre-order? Just go to whatever site you go to. <laughs> I don't what's... like to advertise for them. No, what, what's, okay, what's your Amazon, site? Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Can, can they get it on your site? No, no, you go to one of those other sites. Books a Million is one, Okay, so if you just look up Amazon, The Six Types of Working Barnes Genius, Noble, it'll come up and you can... Yeah. Uh, and you get it there. Hey, I love you so much, man. I love you too. And I wish I could just give it all away for free, but my publisher won't let me do dude, all that we don't, stuff. Dude, we don't mind 25 bucks. Right. Thank you. Yeah, I love you so much, I dude. You. Thank, thank you so much. Guys, I love you. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next week. Man, wasn't that great? Listen, if you don't want to be happy, be sure not to subscribe. But if you want a more joyful life, the kind of life that God created you for, the kind of life Jesus promised when he said, I came to give you life to the full, then make sure you hit subscribe and share this channel with everybody you know.